Gender has been a core perennial mystery of humanity since the very beginning. Making sense of male and female is not only complicated, but it is emotional as well. In this episode, Rabbi Ari and Pastor Danielle bring to light the vision of the Genesis narrative of man and woman as both the fullness of humanity. Patriarchal sheep, lusty fire, and warrior language. This week on A Rabbi and a Pastor Walked In. Today we're talking about Genesis chapter 2 with the creation or the introduction of a, a woman, a helper. What would you say here? I would say we talk about the creation of gender. Nice. In the first creation of the human being, it's just a human being, one, and now it's going to be two. Right. So the word Adam here, for those uh, just jumping into our conversation, Adam is... Just human. Human or literally earthling. And, uh, because Why do you say earthling? Because the word Adam is connected to the word Adama from which he was taken. And Adama means earth. Mm. Earth meaning dirt, um, not the planet. <laughs> and so I like to say in English to make that connection, humus right. becomes human. Right. And as you sometimes say, that gives us a sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> Because that was the humor, the waters that came up as well. Right. Um, in any case, at this point, we're going to read this very short uh, section in English, uh, verses 18 to 24. All right. So uh, chapter 2, verse 18. And this is the uh, NIV, the newly inerrant version. Um, also know the new <laughs> international version. <laughs> newly inerrant. I love that. <laughs> uh, the Lord God said, it is not good Lo tov, for the man to be alone, and I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God formed out of all the ground, out of the ground, all of the beasts of the field and all of the birds of the air, and he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature was its name. I know there's a whole bunch of Hebrew discussions we're going to have to have right immediately after reading this in, in this English translation. Um, the man gave names to all of the livestock, the birds of the air, and the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. And the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and brought her to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Whoa, man, for she was taken out of man. And for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they will become one flesh. So in reading the English, even though, um, we aren't necessarily going to read the entirety of the Hebrew text. There's quite a bit in there that's better understood or at least should be dealt with in terms of the original Hebrew here. And we will deal with those little things one at a time. The, I think the very first issue that really comes out of this that makes us want to deal with it is the interpretations right. that have justified women being subject to men, uh, second-class citizens in every way, uh, because it says God is trying to find a help, and then the word is kenegado, and it, the old English translation was meat for him, and right. not M-E-A-T, but M-E-E-T, that is something fit uh, or suitable or the equivalent. Right, so and Ezer kenegdo, Ezer for help and kenegdo for this. Suitable for it, yeah. for the Adam. And so the question is, what is that word? Neged is a just plain... Naked word uh, means uh, opposed to. 
Mm-hmm. So if you put something up against something, it's negged. Sort of like thing. opposite facing, I've heard, is one Right, opposite way of facing, or if we talk about the uh, mitnagdim, those people who oppose things. You have the people who are in favor of things and people who oppose things. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but oppose in Latin means to put against. Hmm. Pose, like oppose a question, and against, ah. Uh. And so oppose to him. But doesn't this really mean something that will be anti? It can just mean facing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This person is negdi in front of me. Right. And so um, negdo is uh, uh, in front of him. But the reason, there are several reasons that uh, women are looked at as possibly less than men. And one of the first reasons is when God decides to do this, the first thing that God does is bring all these animals around. <laughs> and we don't treat our animals like we treat other people. Hmm. Sometimes we treat them better. Right. But um, that's one reason. And I would imagine a second reason is the imagery of our tradition sees shepherds as the main leaders. Hmm. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob were all shepherds. King's a shepherd. God is understood in shepherd imagery. And shepherds take care of flocks, and flocks are patriarchal with a ram hmm. over a lot of you, with a harem full of ewes. And so if you have that kind of idea, then you'll have an idea of patriarchy, one guy doing what he wants with a whole lot of women. <laughs> That's I'm glad you're laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I just, I've never considered, I've never even thought about the patriarchy of sheep. <laughs> goats too right and goats nor have i applied that to this particular passage um i definitely would like to talk more about what we mean when it says that um you know god looks out with adam and it says there's not it's not good for man to be alone so this is how it's translated in the niv which is a very popular translation that most many christians carry around the with them right version. right the nearly inerrant version and and here in the english like the lord god said it is not good um which, for the earthling to be alone exactly but here it says for them in my english translation for the man to be alone and immediately we have a problem right because that is not the word for man right man comes later and it's only once the woman is created that the man goes, oh, that's an Isha. That's a woman. And now in light of her, I now know that I'm an Ish. So the, the first time he ever uses the word man for himself is after the, wom- the word for woman is used. That's right. So he only understands him himself in light of the thing almost that he is not, right? In light of the thing that's taken from him but placed in front of him. Oh, that's an Isha, so I must be an Ish, right? It's, it's in that moment that he understands it. So for, for the English text, this English translation, to use the word man, man, man before it, it, it doesn't quite convey the actual text. It'd be better if it would just kept saying Adam over and over and over again, even if people thought that was a proper name somehow rather than just earthling and or And you can't human. make Adam into a feminine. Right. Because yes. the feminine of Adam would be Adama, and that, and means, that means earth. Dirt. <laughs> dirt. Yeah. Was well, another reason why women are dirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So <laughs> sit tight, everybody. Ari's on our team. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in the middle of all this, we already have this challenge. And then as we 
as we go, I think one of the beautiful things that we can stop and pay attention to in verse 18 is, you know, God looks and he's been saying, this is good. This is good. This is very good throughout the entire creation narrative. It's tov, tov, tov ma'od, right? It's very good. And that's such beauty. And we talked about that in our first podcast in the series of, you know, that, that one of the things I want my congregation, my community to know is that God created them good. That this and with intent and with purpose in this world, and they're not junk. God's not making junk. God makes something good. The first and first time here, and the only time in this creation narrative that God says something is not good, is when He sees loneliness. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting is that this is the first use of lotov, not right. good. Right. And so the question is, if everything was good, 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 when is this happening? Yeah. Now, I like to look at it as sequentially. We talked about that the earlier time of seeing mm-hmm. homo, homo sapiens, homo sapiens, sapiens, and the demonstration of language when the Adam calls, gives names to all the animals, demonstrates that he's homo sapiens. He's a knowledgeable human being. But for traditionalists who want to see one story of creation, this must have happened within the sixth day as part of the creation of animals and humans. And as at the end, when everything works out with male and female, fine, now it's Tov Ma'od. Now right. it's really good. Right. So, so it's not that a contradiction to Tov, it's an intermediate step. So if you're, if you're reading Genesis 1 and 2, you're going to have to do a mashup at some point <laughs> if you want to listen to it in that sort of traditional, this is one story, but it's being sort of told from two different points of view or two different accounts. The wet and we're gonna, point of view and the dry point The wet of view. point of view and dry point. Maybe we're going to mash this story up. Um, but, but that's not the only way to read it. And it's possible for people who are very faithful to the text, who have a very high value and esteem for the text, who even believe that the text is God-breathed, to also say, here's two accounts, here's two ways in which we are talking about this text and how this story was put together. I mean, obviously, even if you hold the traditional view that Moses is the author of Genesis, Moses was not here during this time, so he's having to write down something that happened long before his... He's just dictating. He's, <laughs> he's just he, copying he's, what God's he, right, dictating. He's just sitting there in, in a trance. But again, we deal with the fact that it's not in the first person. And this is what I did when I he made the human being. So right. it, it's not God dictating it in the first person. Right. So, so we'll do with that. this concept of um, loneliness, if we can just stop on that for a quick moment, that God says this is lotov, right? It's not good for this human to be alone. And we've talked about recently in Great Britain, they've started a ministry for loneliness. loneliness because they're finding in the fracturing of that community um, and so many of our family systems, I think, as we all used to live and we, and, and extended so, families. Extended families. For better or for worse. For better or for worse. <laughs> and and so much of this you can see when you go to Israel, when you see the you know, first century or even earlier and later, sort of like way that people live with one another, even how... Even um, today. Pe- even today in the Arab community in particular. No, in the Jewish right? community too. The, sure. the fact that it's a small country. So the people live, except for the people who've left the country, they live pretty much in a less than a day's drive from each other, no matter how far they live away from each other. Right. And so when somebody dies, they can do the funeral that day or the next. And and oftentimes when you drive around the country and you look out, and not just in Israel, but in the, and many of the other um, Arab countries around, you'll see all these buildings, sort of looking apartment buildings that look half built. 
because That's they've right. sort of been built up to a roof and then there's these rebars and posts popping up and you think how are, and there's people clearly living there so how are they living in a home still under construction no that's for the next that's for the next son that's going to get married someday that's true. That's and when he goes and he finds his bride and brings his bride back they'll build the next story on the home and there's actually some imagery of that that um that comes into place in our Gospels, where Jesus says, because it was very similar in Jesus's day of the first century um, Judaism, that you would have a courtyard and you would have homes sort of surrounding the courtyard. And then as the next son would go and get married, they'd build on that extra home. And in the Gospels, he, Jesus says, in my father's house, there are many rooms. So it has that inference. And he says, I'm going to go to prepare a place for you which is very bridegroom language, right? So once you are betrothed, and this is not new to the to the Bible as a whole, God uses imagery of Israel as God's bride and, and that connection and everything else. So Jesus picks up on all the imagery, but it's very much also not just literary imagery, but set in literal stone that you can go and see of how people lived in those communities. But today we don't do that anymore. And so now Great Britain's having to come up with a ministry of loneliness because it is low tove for a human to be alone, to live alone. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that's just a, a good point here just to think of wherever somebody is in their own community, wherever our listeners might be. And um, we invite you all to give maybe some feedback to us as ways that you found to connect with your community at large, whether it's at work or in your family unit or in your neighborhood or your, your faith community. But how do we combat that tendency to just go from box to box to box, right? From our home into the box of our car, into the box of our cube, and then back again. And and how do we do all of those things to make that connection? And I think um, at least to be aware that there are people around us who are often feeling quite alone. And it, and God has already told us that is Lotov. Not good. And so the first thing God does is create kol hayat hasadeh, all the animals, all the life of the field, and the of HaShemayim and the birds of the sky, uh, and brings them to the Adam, to the earthling. Lirot ma'yikralo, see what he'll call them, v'cholashe yikralo, and anything he called them, uh, nefesh Hayahu Shmo. That would be the name of that creature. Now, what's interesting? What? Hippopotamus. That's right. He came up with that word right away. <laughs> and uh, that looks like a hippopotamus to me. <laughs> Unless the one looks like a platypus. I mean, I don't know between a hippopotamus and a platypus. How do you? Right. Anyway, um, the the word is uh, Hayat Hasadeh. The word Eve is Haya. Mm. Hava, actually. Hava and Haya. And Hava means, it doesn't mean Eve. It means Life, right. which is Aim Kol Hai, the mother of all life, which we'll get into in the story of the Garden of Eden. But um, the first thing God does is make Haya mm -hmm. a living being mm -hmm. from the field. And so all those are called animals. And the special one will be called Isha. Mm -hmm. But she gets, she's called Isha first, the generic, the woman. And then she gets the name Hava. Well, except that the problem here we have in our text, right, is that the, the Adam gives names to all of the livestock, the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. But for Adam, there is no Other suitable name. helper. Helper. Right? So so God has started all this like, I will make an Ezer Konegdo, Ezer for help, and Konegdo is like equal, opposite facing, all right. of that, right? But then there isn't one. So God needs to now move to woman. Well, just that the platypus does not really help. 
Right. It was not found. It's cute, but right. really helped. So, so here's Very the story. Very dangerous, actually. Quite venomous. <laughs> um, I, I never really hung out with Platypia. Anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, here's the story uh, of starting on verse 21 of the creation of the woman Vayapel Hashem Elokim, and God uh, caused a tardema to fall al haadam on the uh, on the human. Now, what is a tardema? It doesn't mean sleep; it means an anesthesia, mm. that deep of a coma, and mm. it's used for those kinds of things in modern Hebrew. Vayishan, uh, and so then he slept. So he slept because he was anesthetized. Right. And God took one of the ribs of the Adam. That's good. And then afterwards closed the flesh underneath it. You definitely need it to get closed. <laughs> and God took the tzela. And I'm going to leave that as rib for the time being. Asher lakach min ha'adam, who taken from the uh, earthling, la'isha, as a woman, va'yivieha el ha'adam, and God brought this woman to the earthling. Va'yomer ha'adam zotapam etzem etzmatamai v'asar b'msari. This is a bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh or meat of my meat. Ish et aviv et imo wait, and this one will be called woman because she was taken from a man. Now, uh, uh, that's a great line. And one of the interesting things is, is that like man and woman, ish and isha have a linguistic connection. The fun sermon that rabbis like to <laughs> do, this. This, is, this is wedding sermon 205, um, <laughs> is that ish is spelled aleph yud shin, and Isha is spelled Aleph Shin Hey. Now you'd think it'd be Aleph Yud Shin Hey, but Aleph Yud Shin Hey Isha means her man mm-hmm. or her husband. So Isha uh, Isha. So if you take the two words Aleph Yud Shin and Aleph Shin Hey, what do they have in common? Aleph Shin, which is Aish, which is fire. And if you take the other two letters, which are different, Yud and Hey. That's Yah, as in hallelujah, and that means God, right, God's, God's name. name. So without God in us, we are nothing but lusty fire. <laughs> there could be maybe some combustion, some Combust- argument, some right? Combustion. So, I don't yeah, even want to go there. <laughs> without God amongst the the woman and the man. Right? That's right. And so that's kind of a redeeming thing. That is together, when we're, when we're together, it's not good for us to be alone because when we're together, we have God incorporated within us as a, as a total. That's nice. That's a nice view. Yeah. And I, I like the idea, too, that prior to this, or, or at least in the discussion of this, as we talk about how God created them, both male and female, God created them so in that kind of sort of conversation early on. Um, what we have then in that moment is now a more fullness of the expression or the image that sell of God in this world. And, and as a um, female clergy person who's often had to sort of um, argue for my, my place and my right to be in particular ecclesiastical structures, it has been, I've often argued that just as much as um, we are losing out on half of the image and expression of God in this world by excluding a female from participating, the same would be true if we were excluding males from participating. Yep. That there's something that is 
is to be understood or at least experienced in the fullness of the expression of the that cell, the shadow and the image of God in this world is that it is male and female God created them. Not only are we both in the image of God, right. but together as Isa Nisha, we incorporate the name of God. The name of God, that's beautiful. And then and then we let's talk about this word Ezer connected well, because I, I think Oh first. yes, please go. Because what did God take? God took a tzela. Yeah. <laughs> that is the word for rib is tzela and it incorporates the word image. Now, it also nice. means when Jacob was wrestling with the angel, he would solea, he would limp afterwards. But I don't know exactly how that connects. But, <laughs> but the other use of the word sela is as not only just a rib, but as a side. Mm. So when the Mishkan, the tabernacle, was built, all of its sides were called each one at sela. It's in Exodus 26. And so because of that and because of two other verses, which are kind of fun, <clears throat> but we'll get there in a second. The rabbi saw this Adam being created androgynously. That is, God didn't take one bone. Hmm. God took an entire side. Hmm. And goes like this. So a uh, similar notion that God was that the Adam was creation created two faced is Psalm one thirty nine five. You hedged me before and back. That is, was the human male on one side looking out? and female on the other side looking out. And if you look for androgynous Adam <laughs> on an internet search and then look for images, you will see pictures hmm. from Jewish and Christian traditions of the androgyny of that first earthling, the Adam Kadmon, the original human. And also... The suggested, the, the alleged, right? This is an interpretation. So it's, if people are uncomfortable with it, it's okay also, right? We don't know for sure. We don't know. Right. But, uh, but I like to think of it this way because if male and female came from a male, mm-hmm. let's assume. Right. That makes sense because males have X and Y chromosomes, which women have only have YY chromosomes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and therefore, the male can give rise to Mm-hmm. women. And the kind of thing that connects this to the tzela, to the rib as a rib cage as a side, a ribbed side, one of the reasons that the side of the Mishkan, the tabernacle, was called a rib is because it was made of boards all together like a rib cage. Mm-hmm. Is that DNA is a twisted helix, two things together, and they have to come apart <laughs> To recombine to make a new person. And so now you say, did they know that back then? And the answer is no. But if God wrote it, yes. <laughs> so, uh, and as Jung would say, Carl Jung, yeah, there's a species memory from the very beginning. And of course mm. we would know it because we'd know it from the first amoeba that we were a long time ago. Oh, I'm sorry. I mentioned evolution. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but to divide us in two, then what it says is as their kanegado, that is God brought them face to face. Right. So that that woman mm-hmm. was sitting behind Adam the entire time. Hmm. listening to him name all the critters, <laughs> going, no, that doesn't look like a platypus. <laughs> right. That's a bear. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, it's pretty, it's a fun interpretation and, and fun things to consider and think about, about how all of these stories and how we consider them push us into how we live our life today, how we play this out in both of our faith traditions and into our community at large and our society at large. 
So now so let's, for talk me, let's talk about Ezer. Let's talk about Ezer. Because for me, um, this idea of helper, right? when I first said when I was a kid, I was 12, 13 years old, I'm going to go and be a pastor. Um, people said, no, 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 you can't. That's very sweet. No, you cannot. Um, because you're a woman. Um, because you're supposed to be a helper. And they would look at this verse and say, see, helper. And they interpreted that as, you know, baking cookies and helping. You can be a pastor's wife. That's a very good job for you. And, a Rebbitson. Right. A you, rabbi's wife. Right. You can, you can do all these other things, but you can't do this one thing. And that word helper did sound subservient to me. It sounded like, um, you know, help one. And in the front, that it wasn't somebody that was leading or, or, or um, equal to or adequate for that connecto portion was never sort of explained. Nor was the Ezer part. And if you start to do that search of just what does Ezer mean, and how is it used in our text, it is used almost primarily or most often for God. God. And what do Except I do? Except for a guy named Ezra. Who Ezra, has a book, yeah. right. So we have our first two occurrences in our text of, of Ezra, which is here in Genesis 2, um, 18 and verse 20. Um, but then the next time that the that this word pops up is Exodus 18, 4, when they say, the God of my father was my help and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. Moses talking to Jethro. Right. So this is not a story of um, God giving us extra portions of, um, you know, is there anything I can do to help you? Or is there something? It's a story of God being a deliverer. Um, God, you know, extending God's mighty outstretched arm and bringing out all of Israel out from oppression and slavery which was also low tove, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure, right? <laughs> um, so then when you start to think of how Ezra is used, it's for deliverance. It's um, warrior language sometimes, like, I need help. Come and send help, God. Where does my help come from? I look up to you. I look to the mountains. That's where my help comes from. And all of that, I think, minimally as we start to have these conversations and, and think about how um, – the creation of woman, of Isha, is understood, and what that means for man. And the word, the name, Eliezer. Right. Eliezer or Elazar mean the same thing. God is my help. God right. is my Ezer. Right. And so we have also Psalm 30, 11, Shema Adonai, Vachoneni, God, listen to me and be gracious to me. Adonai, Heye Ozerli, God, be my Ezer. Right. Right. Help me. And yeah. then this is one of my favorites, uh, Psalm 115, 9 to 11. Uh, this is part of the Hallel, which we sing on festivals. Yisrael, Batach Badonai, Israel, trust in God. Ezram, Umaginam, who God is our help and shield. Aharon, Bithu Badonai, Ezram, Umaginam, who house of Aaron, trust in God. God is our help and shield. And here's the best part. Yere Adonai, Bithu Badonai, all of you who believe in God. Hmm. Ezram umaginam hu. God is our help and shield. So that God is a help. God is the primary Ezer in the universe. And right. God is creating an Ezer for Adam. So it's not a subservient Ezer. It's a divine help. Right. Right. And together, Ish and Isha, they contain the name of God. So they are help meet for each other. For one another. They're, yeah. And they're divine help for each other. And And I think... Why, why this is important to me and, and how we talk about this text or how we read it in our English and whether we're talking about the word man or we're talking about the word Adam or whether we're understanding um, Ezra Connecto appropriately, the reason why it matters is because it changes how we treat one another. Yep. It changes how we understand one That's another. That's all that matters is how we treat one another. Right. And, and what, 
what a difference it would make if we saw in one another, male and female, a help given to us by God. And that this, in this, we saw the divine in the other. We saw the reflection of the image of God in the other and didn't presume a hierarchical structure or over, you know, being over one upon the other and, and bossing one and around and around. And they've even done studies now about how hierarchy um, and that type of leadership changes your brain and how it is wired and how uh, a different type of mutuality and, and care for one another also changes your brain and how it is wired. How much of our world would look so much different if we if we cared for one another this way and if, if growing up, young boys and young girls were also all raised to understand and respect one another and, and understand how our this creation story shapes us rather than just a helper. The language matters. And it's important to say, as this is the first day of the month of Adar, which has our humor holiday in it, that we're not just ribbing. <laughs> That's right. We are not just ribbing. We're riffing, but not ribbing. <laughs> the Lord made Adam and-